so I was forced to pump in a service bathroom with a toilet and a sink. There was nowhere for me to even set my supplies on. And I remember sitting in there the first time thinking to myself, what am I doing? I'm, I'm preparing food for my child in a bathroom. And I remember sitting there and there was an automatic light. And I remember the light turned off on me because there was no movement in the room. And I just sat and cried. You know, it's funny because when we're pregnant, we go to the doctor and the practice offers all types of classes for expecting a baby, right? Like birthing classes, CPR, breastfeeding. But what I found interesting is I've never seen anywhere where expecting mothers are provided any sort of education surrounding our rights as a mother as it pertains to returning to work. Welcome to the Mother Honestly podcast. This is your host, Blessing Adeshio, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly. On this show, we interview ambitious women that are thriving in and beyond motherhood. Expect honest and real conversations that will encourage and inspire you to take actions on your dreams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mother Honestly podcast. I am your host for this episode. My name is Kristen Hall. I'm the COO of Mother Honestly. And joining me today on the podcast is Andrea Calabanasso. I knew I was going to push it a little bit. Um, but Andrea, good morning. Has a, good morning. Has a unique experience um, where We'll get into a little bit talking about your experience with one of your pregnancies and what happened with your workplace, kind of the dynamics of there. But go ahead and give us, our listeners, a little bit of an overview about yourself, and we'll go ahead and get into chatting today. Great. Well, thanks for having me. I am a mother of now three children. I just had my third in January. I um, am married and live in West Bloomfield, Michigan. I worked within the marketing field for about eight years until I had my second son um, and then decided that it was best for me to take a step back from my career and take some time and be a stay-at-home mom and raise my children. So that's what I'm doing right now. That's awesome. And congratulations on your the birth of your third child. I know I think we were slated to do a recording earlier in the year, but you uh, had the yeah, wonderful think, opportunity <laughs> of going. I think I was, I think we were slated to do it the day that I gave birth. So yes, I think we are awesome. going back to my memory. And I was like, I think you were slated and then you went into labor and you know what, these things happen. And that's where as moms, we've got to be flexible. Um, but I really wanted to to dive in today because I think your experience is really going to resonate with a lot of our listeners and our followers that you had a really challenging experience related to parental leave. Um, would yeah. you share some of those details about that? Yeah, absolutely. So in 2015, I was working for a small automotive dealership um, and discovered that I was pregnant. 
and had gone to the doctor, confirmed the pregnancy. And then within about two months after that, I accepted a position at a different automotive group locally here in Detroit. And when I started there, I selected short-term disability as one of my benefits because I knew that I was pregnant and that I would eventually be going on maternity leave. And after I had my daughter, I filed all the claims that were necessary to be receiving the money and unfortunately was notified that I was not eligible for that short-term disability benefit. And the reason was due to the fact that they said I had a pre-existing condition. So because I had gone to the doctor and confirmed my pregnancy prior to starting that position at the automotive group, it was considered a pre-existing condition. So I started off my, you know, quote unquote maternity leave with uh, not receiving the funds that I had been paying into for, you know, seven months at that time. And I was shocked because I didn't think that that was a thing, short-term disability for, for being pregnant. Um, so that was, I was, I was very much blindsided by that. And, you know, had I known that that were to be the position that I was going to be faced with, I would have obviously done things a little bit differently from a financial standpoint and perhaps not have even accepted that job because that was, again, something that I had been paying into for about seven months and were then was not able to, to reap the benefits um, of that benefit. So that was unfortunate. So I took about three months maternity leave with, with no pay. And then when I returned back to work, I had an unfortunate experience because for those who aren't familiar with automotive dealerships, it's a very open air atmosphere and there are very few private places within a dealership. And so unfortunately, there really weren't many places for me to privately pump. And prior to returning to work, I had discussed with my manager that I would be uh, a nursing mother and I would have to have some sort of space to, to pump throughout the day. And when I returned to work back the first day, there had been nothing set up for me. So I was forced to pump in a service bathroom with a toilet and a sink. There was nowhere for me to even set my supplies on. And I remember sitting in there the first time thinking to myself, what am I doing? I'm, I'm preparing food for my child in a bathroom. And I remember sitting there and there was an automatic light. And I remember the light turned off on me because there was no movement in the room. And I just sat and cried. And, mm. you know, it, it was hard enough leaving my daughter after three months. 
and then to go back into an environment that wasn't conducive to being a working mother, I was incredibly frustrated. And so after speaking to my manager, I, you know, was expressing how frustrated I was. And so they, they worked it out so that I was then pumping in the HR uh, director's office. So I would have to call her, you know, three to four times a day, request that she exit her office so that I could use it to pump. So it just, again, it was, was unfortunate and not conducive um, to be a working mother for me because it was so difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm so sorry that you had that experience. I know um, that a lot of women have had, not necessarily sometimes on the, the, the insurance side, but definitely the returning to work with the pumping, but you have multiple things that you had, had to contend with um, right. besides just the actual physical and mental and emotional experience of returning to work, which is so challenging. You had all these additional, additional challenges on top of that. Um, a couple questions that I want to ask you, and then I want to hear, you know, a little bit more of, you know, because you've mentioned that you've had your third child. We'll kind of go through the story of what happened to child number two and then where you are right now. Did your employer say anything when you approached them about the pre-existing condition? Um, I'm surprised. Was there any ability for them to make a waiver in that situation and they perhaps chose not to do so? Right. That's a great question. Um, I, I did contact my manager at the time and requested, you know, that he look into it with HR. And he said, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it. That's between you and the short-term disability company. He said their hands were tied and unfortunately they couldn't help me out. So, you know, in hindsight, I, and knowing what I know now, I would have pushed harder at the time but I was such a, I was a new mom. I didn't have any of this information going into it, what short-term disability really meant and what rights I had and how far I could have pushed. So I just let it go and chalked it up as a loss. And, um, but again, you know, looking back, if I were in that position today, I would have pushed much harder to have had them, you know, supplement in some sort of way. Absolutely. And and how did you learn more about, because I think, you know, you, you bring up two points I think that are very interesting and relevant for our listeners is A, you were a new mom. And I think B, sometimes, and, you know, it's hard and especially I'm in automotive as well. You know, it is very male dominated. And sometimes, you know, as women, we don't necessarily always want to kind of continue to raise issues because then that comes with its own normally set of penalties for sometimes being a very outspoken woman in automotive still to this Absolutely. day. Um, mm -hmm. How did you learn more about what your, or where did you go or do you have any recommendations for where women that could be in a similar position as you might go to learn a little bit more to ask the right questions. And I'm sure you did ask the right questions, but to, advocate for themselves if they're finding themselves in a similar situation. Right. I, you know, per, for me personally, I didn't really look into it further after, after the fact. I, I, I worked for about two years after my daughter 
And then um, I had my son and I knew what I had experienced the first go around and I did, just didn't want to do it again. And um, so I, I decided at that point that I was going to step away from my career and be a stay-at-home mom. But I absolutely think that mothers need to be armed with that type of information. And we really can't rely on our employers to educate us. And, you know, it's funny because when we're pregnant, we go to the doctor and the practice offers all types of classes for expecting a baby, right? Like birthing classes, CPR, breastfeeding. But what I found interesting is I've never seen anywhere where expecting mothers are provided any sort of education surrounding our rights as a mother as it pertains to returning to work. You know, what to expect from short-term disability and simply what options we have as a working mom. And wouldn't it be fantastic if we as working mothers were armed with that knowledge because the best advocate we can have to, is to be our own advocate. And had I had known what I know now after an unfortunate experience, I wouldn't have put up with the treatment that I was given when I returned to work after my daughter. And we set these expectations for how we will allow others to treat us you know, friends and family members. But I think it's also important to have those same expectations with our employers on how we expect to be treated when we return to work after having a baby without fear of termination or being exempt from a promotion or, you know, anything like that. I think you bring up an excellent point. I know we've touched on this area a little bit and in the mother honestly community and in that realm but i think you bring up a very fair point that even speaking with you right now i'm like i don't necessarily have the tools in front of me and i, I like your idea about having a class that hits on that so i will definitely take that point that when we air this episode of the podcast to put some resources around it so that women can look into or ask the questions of their employer knowing that i, I know we've gotten some feedback from employers, which I expect it's different from, you know, there are di different federal and state statutes and limitations on right. those that are, you know, a larger company or, you know, the smaller companies if they're under a certain number. But I think it, it raises the questions that we shouldn't have to go and, and do necessarily so much of that digging. It, the impetus should be on the employer as well to help support um, mothers returning to work. And I know, you know, for Blessing and I, I was, when we started, I started at the company that we were at now. Um, I had had my first child at that point and I never realized um, I moved into automotive from banking and it was a 180. And I remember mm -hmm. crying, crying in the hallway to blessing that I couldn't handle what was going on. It was just the stress. And, and that's really kind of how the, our partnership and that grew out of mother, honestly. But I think to your point, it was, it, it's such an alone feeling period of time Um and I went back to a place where they did have, you know, somewhere where you could um, pump, but I can't imagine that experience of sitting in the bathroom, um, you know, with the light going off, that, that makes my heart hurt because I can, it, if that's not of the imagery of feeling alone and by yourself is having the light go out on you in a bathroom. Um, it was, so I, it was I, such I, a moment too, like it, it was so, you know, like just, perfect for the moment because I was in such despair and then the light turned off and I thought, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. 
and I'm sure it was because you, you spent a lot of time in automotive marketing as well as at the dealership. Was it hard to exit the workforce? On one hand, I understand the, the challenges in, in coming to the realization that, you know, being at home would probably be a better personal decision for you. But that's also a challenging decision on the other hand, after putting so much time and effort into the career to make some of these changes. And I always say this, there's no right, yeah. wrong change. There's only the change for individuals. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? Or have you, after your yeah. kids return? Absolutely. So first and foremost, I, there's, you know, no better option for me right now than to be home with my kids. I'm, you know, blessed to have the opportunity to be a stay at home mom. However, I had spent so many years building my career and was really enjoying what I was doing. Um, and had my experience been more pleasant and conducive to being a working mom, you know, the retention of, of me as an employer would have been there. And, you know, had they shown me that they, you know, cared for me as, as an employer, I, you know, I'm such a loyal employee to begin with. Um, I just feel like I would have done whatever it took to, to continue working with all of my kids. And, you know, especially marketing, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're aware that you, you have to stay in the field and, and keep up with, you know, what's evolving in the industry. And so now being away from that for, you know, almost three years at this point, I feel like it would be difficult for me to try to enter back into the workforce in that particular field, especially as it relates to automotive, because again, it is so male dominated and it's intimidating for me as a woman and a mother with three children to jump back into that world and expect them to be understanding of my life as a mother. Yeah, and I think it is, there's some companies that embrace this in, um, you know, across all fields, but I, we do touch on automotive being one that um, really has tried to make, I think, some strides. I'll give them credit in what they've done kind of in over the past couple of years. There's some that have embraced it and are phenomenal, and kudos to them for being the forefront runners. But to your point, especially I think in the, sometime on the dealership side that we see is that not necessarily um it's just not as welcoming and um give sometimes women the tools that they need to to want to continue to leave to lean in um and we still found that you know a large percentage of women would prefer to be home if they were able to um and part of that because we don't make the workplace such a welcoming environment to it's a, definitely a struggle the struggle being home and it's a struggle um you know there's no great I think it's a struggle on both fronts it's a struggle being a stay-at-home mm -hmm. mom there are challenges that come with that there's a struggle to being Absolutely. a working parent um but I think the the cutting line the cutting dynamic that we often see so much is that we aren't doing a great job to help <laughs> um women and embracing women in sometimes that returning to work. Um, one of the interesting conversations that I had recently kind of looked at how the framework has shifted 
um, recently with the pandemic that's going on about really recognizing the value and the amount of work Mm -hmm. that women do uh, and have always done. I think it's kind of gone away in in recent years of looking at what we do on the home front, but definitely the pandemic has really brought to the forefront of how hard it is to be home all day, every day, you know, managing a household. It is a full-time job. There's multiple articles that tell you it's more than a full-time job. Um, You know, have you found good resources for you as a stay-at-home mom when you transitioned out of the workforce that have supported you and your family? Yeah, you know, um, fortunately, my sister is also a stay-at-home mom. And so I think the support from her has been tremendous for me. Uh, We had our daughters within five weeks of each other. So we've really been doing this together from day one. And um, other friends who are also stay-at-home moms, which I have few that are uh, not working. However, they really are my support system. And then when my daughter turned two, she started preschool locally. And I really found support within the moms and the teachers at school. And it's funny because I've I've got some friends and family members who have come to me and asked my opinion on whether or not they think they could do it, right? Like stop working and stay home full time with their kids. And for me, I don't, I mean, right now I'm staying home all day because we're forced to, but I think the key to being successful at being a stay-at-home mom is having a routine and, you know, get your kids in school, do some music classes, um, you know, have play groups and surround yourself with people who are in the same boat as you. Grabbing the baby right now. And, um, and so I think for me, it's just that then, you know, a success because I've managed to surround myself with people who are in the same position and are supportive of me staying at home. But, you know, you, you brought up a good point that as a stay-at-home mom, your your hours are a lot longer than, than those who go to work. But even these moms who are getting up at six o'clock every day to get themselves and their kids ready to go to work and they don't get home till six o'clock. When I was doing that, my day didn't stop. You know, I still had laundry to do. I still had cooking to do. I still had to bathe my daughter and, and put her to bed. And then I would get back on my computer and continue working because I had taken so much time out of my day to pump or to travel from one dealership to the other dealership. So, you know, whatever way you want to slice it, it's hard. It's, it's hard to be a working mom and it's hard to be a stay at home mom. And, you know, you, you definitely lose a little bit of your own identity and a little bit of independence. But for me, this is the choice that I've made and it's really to put my eggs in my kid's basket right now. And I know that eventually I'll get back to a, a point where I, I would like to get back into the industry and, and start my career again. But it was just really too difficult for me at that time. And so 
I think that just has to be put on the back burner right now until my kids are old enough where I can get back to work. Um, which again is unfortunate and, and had my employer made it easier for me and conducive and, you know, been a little bit more flexible, I would probably still be working. Um, because I, I think it's, I, I give a lot of credit to these working moms. It's, it's a hard job. I, I appreciate you sharing that perspective. And I think, you know, for anyone, you, you hit on it. It's the best decision for you and your family at this time. We always say that, you know, there's, it's, this is such a personal decision and you can get input from everyone around you, but the decision is what's best for you, your kids and your family. Um, right. And I think you, I love that you touch on, you know, and I, I want to kind of focus back in on this for just a moment, you know, before we end the episode is that, you hit a great point that if, if workplaces were willing to be more supportive and more flexible, I think we would have a different discussion on, you know, where you could be. And it really comes back to, we need employers that are going to offer maternity leave that is enough to adequately support new families. We need flexible right. work policies that are going to help families adjust to um, you know, what they're going on. And one of the other articles that we, I kind of touched on or that another guest that we had on the podcast was talking about how we're seeing with couples right now is that the boundaries of everyone, even that's at home, you know, it's not working in the normal conditions and that employers now, the ones that are recognizing the challenges that are facing, you know, working parents, those that are remote working right now, or even those on the front line, we're going to continue to see this rhetoric and this dialogue related to the fact that those employers that are making strides to encourage and support their employees are going to be remembered as such. And I, again, I'm very sorry that you had the experience that you did. I'm so grateful that you're Thank willing you. to share it with our listeners. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share about your experience that could help um, someone listening today or kind of encourage them to think about yeah, you know, yeah. maybe your experience a little bit more. Right. I just think that for anyone who's, you know, looking to get pregnant or is pregnant, do your due diligence going into the situation. Find out from human resources or whoever it is within the company that can give you that information what the return to work policy looks like. You know what? What is the short-term disability? How does that? How does that work? What does it look like? Do they have adequate space for you to return to work and pump? Where is it? What type of um, what type of space is it? And and don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to say that doesn't work for me, right? Like a service bathroom where your service employees go to you know, use the restroom and wash their hands after they've been working on a greasy car, don't be afraid to say, that doesn't work for me, right? And so, again, being your own advocate and going into a situation armed with information is really what you need to do to ensure that it's a good fit for you. And even when you're applying for a job or, and you're interviewing, those are acceptable questions to ask your employer because if they don't offer a conducive 
experience for you to returning to work, maybe that's not the best choice for you when, when choosing a job. Great points. I think you hit the nail right on the head with some of the great areas of due diligence that um, individuals should be taking when they're looking at a company or when they're pregnant or when they're looking to become pregnant. I think you outlined some really, really great points. Um, I always like to ask, and it's changed a little bit now that we're in a pandemic, but what are, is something that you're hoping to accomplish in 2020, uh, either personally with your family, um, whatever that may be. And I know it could have shifted a little bit with, uh, you know, pandemic, but. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because I feel like probably this is how everybody feels, but this situation that we're in has really just been thrown at us and there was no preparation for it. And I felt like the rug was just pulled out from right beneath me with, with, with no warning, right? Yeah. And so, although I'm not really sure if this is something that would happen again in our lifetime, perhaps it could, I started thinking about what type of side hustle I could come up with that was pandemic proof. <laughs> so, for me, one of the goals that I have in 2020 is to come up with some sort of side business that's creative so that I get those juices flowing for myself and I'm able to give myself some, some quality time doing something that I'm really interested in and doing something that I'm passionate about and something that perhaps could help other mothers during a situation such as this, um, whether it be a pandemic or mothers who are home on maternity leave. And it's interesting too, because someone said to me that they read an article that said, being in lockdown during a pandemic is like being on maternity leave. Well, I'm doing both right now. <laughs> I have a new yeah. baby, she's three months old. So for me, it's, you know, I'm, I feel almost doubly impacted because I'm, I'm home with all, all, all three of my children at the same time with really no outlet and, and also a brand new baby who requires a lot of attention. So I would love to come up with something and I'll have to think about it, but something that, you know, could support mothers during a difficult time like this. So that's my goal for 2020. I love that. I think it's, um, you know, even just sometimes I think we set these big lofty goals for that, but I love that you've kind of framed it as giving yourself the ability to think about this and see what could come out of it. I, I love it. I look forward to seeing, you know, potentially what you come up with in the coming months or years. We will at Mother Honestly be here to support you through that journey. Um, and Andrea, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. I think we hit on a lot of really great points that can resonate with our listeners. Um, I wish you all the best in the coming days and weeks. I hope you stay healthy and stay well. And also thank you to Motor City Women Studios for being our podcast sponsors. And Andrea, if I don't talk to you soon, have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for having me and stay safe yourself. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into the Mother Honestly podcast. If you want more relevant content for the ambitious mom, 
head on over to MotherHonestly.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at MotherHonestly. Love our podcast? We want to hear from you. Please rate and review our podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. We love growing at Mother Honestly, and your reviews help us grow. Stay safe, stay well, and always stay ambitious.